0: Hey Scott. Yes, Ev. If every Pepsi factory on the planet shut down, <laughs> what would you do?
1: Drink more Sprite?
0: Fuck! You've got an answer for everything! <laughs>
1: Coming to you almost live from Santa's Toy Bag, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. <laughs> I'm Adam. And we are your Yuletide hosts. Tide hosts. Tide.
0: I think it's a tide of Yule. Toy yeah. Bag
1: isn't some kind of euphemism, is it?
0: Well, if he would said Santa sack, we'd be okay. in, a, in an entirely different, more, shall we say, seminiferous uh, area. But we're not. And the person who asked me that question, ladies and gentlemen, was John Kamech, who is one of the Edmonton a City producers and presenters welcome john thanks adam and with john and <laughs> scott and i uh is sam brooks sam, hello sam is sporting a manly beard like me oh yeah and
2: it's kind of a new thing for me is it really yeah i've had one for I don't know, about a month now I'd it's say. actually a protective yeah. face warmer he's just like he just pulls it right off
3: yeah
1: <laughs> it's true it's so a
4: muffler
2: awesome. completely removable
4: does everyone see it's that episode so of that south, that park?
0: south park it's so that when he's speaking in <laughs> a microphone it doesn't sound quite so booming is that why sure yeah probably
4: his own sound installation.
0: So you guys won a contest.
2: Yeah, we
4: did actually to
0: be part of our show. Yeah. To
2: be fair, you... I I didn't even know we were in this contest. <laughs> yeah, new. you were. I, I was. Well, basically, I was brought in. About well, you were you were basically brought in after
4: I think it was after we had learned that you won. We won, and it was mainly because. Matt was like, "Oh shit, we actually have to produce this now." So and Matt
0: obviously <laughs> didn't believe in you in in your
4: chances. Uh, <laughs> he <laughs> did, but well, see, and the, the funny thing about it was that <laughs> sorry. He sorry. did. <laughs> but uh the uh the funny thing about this was though that uh because there was about a month layover between when we actually sent sent it in. We had
0: to make a decision.
4: And and when we um and when we actually got word, and so we basically like writ- written it off, and we're like, "Oh, like there's no way we 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 won this." And then you sent me the email, and we were like, "Oh, great! Now we have to do a show."
0: <laughs> the way that we uh, the way that we decided was extremely scientific, really? and also actually kind of
1: excruciating because yeah. we got a lot of really good submissions, hmm. and a lot of them were like, "These are really great and have no business being in our show." Yeah, uh, they, they didn't f- they didn't um,
0: necessarily fit, but some of them would some of them would, and in y- fact will. And uh, as I understand it, make their own standalone podcast.
1: And rightly so, because some of them were really great
0: podcast ideas, not really good segment
1: ideas. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. one of them would have been a really good like video blog. Yeah. In but fact, it, it yes. just did not work as an audio program mm. at all. And yeah. we were like, you should look at doing this as a video instead.
0: So we got, I think we got eight, I want to say eight submissions. Sure. Which was I was honestly not expecting that many. We were expecting two. We were hoping for one or two really good ones. And we (laughs) and out of those eight, I can say honestly that every single one of them had a strong case to be a segment or its own podcast. Yes. We picked you guys because of the hand jobs. Really, I think is that that's what it was.
2: That was our main marketing
4: strategy. It was,
0: I don't know if that's a marketing I, strategy.
2: I'm kind of glad I was involved at that point. <laughs>
0: oh, no. It's still going on. <laughs> right now. Oh,
4: shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we uh, we definitely focused on... We definitely tried to focus on the Edmonton niche, because we knew that was your guys' uh, focus and strong suit. So that was what we focused on when we were writing the pitch.
0: And was that already an area of interest for you guys?
4: Um. No, Edmonton (laughs) is not interesting to us. I mean, sort of. Like, I think the uh, we basically figured we'd do a show about Edmonton, and like, just having hung around the university long enough, um, and I've been there for a while. uh, You kind of see, um, just from talking to people, like you always hear people talking about either like like it's, I guess anything you hear about Edmonton seems to be like damning with faint praise kind of thing like yeah, oh well you know or the uh almost like backhanded compliments yeah. like <laughs>
0: it's like where do you live edmonton but yeah it's usually it's, it's not it's that ol-
1: bad it's only cold half of the year
0: yeah yeah our summers are beautiful even though it's almost always miserable <laughs> yeah every other day almost always miserable <laughs> do you think that do you think that most of it yeah really, <laughs> do you think that most of it um most of the talk, anyway, really does circle around weather for us? It seems uh, or major, ETS.
2: Or, or transit. Or transit. But
0: I think any Weather city, and transit, yeah. I mean, if you... Sorry, go ahead, Sam. Well, I'm just...
2: I'm thinking that a lot of the ways, even if it's not directly about weather, I'd say that a lot of the talk in Edmonton is weather-influenced, <laughs> yes. because there's sort of like traffic. this... Traffic, <laughs> yeah. Um, just, you know, that general kind of misery that everyone is in for six months out of the year. The weather network has
4: never had more political pull. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> the weather network wins and loses people elections in this town.
1: I think honestly that no matter where you live in the world, you're gonna have people who love hate their city. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I yeah, think that's sure. true with every major city yeah. in Canada. I think there are people in Calgary yeah. who are like, Calgary is the worst place in the world. I see, live here and I'm never gonna move away. See, and I don't same know with though. Vancouver like, and Toronto.
4: Like I lived in Calgary for well, I mean I, I was born there and grew up. Until I was like six, but, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then, but then I, uh, I worked there for summers uh, through high school and for the first couple of years of university and like, and well, I'd say the university is not as nice, but it's th- like, really? no, it's not. Definitely not. Like, like, like the university, U of A actually looks like a university.
0: See, <laughs> excuse me, as I joke on my diet, Dr. Pepper, um, I always thought maybe it's the novelty of a different campus. Maybe. Um and to be fair, I've never really marched around the U of C campus. But I thought it was I thought it was really nice.
4: I thought it looks very Soviet Russia. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> More it. Soviet Russia than the U of A. Yeah. Wow. Because I mean at least the arts building at the U of A looks like a university building. Like mm. if you think of like Cambridge or Oxford and like the vines growing up the walls, like that's Yeah, it has that, that classic university. university vibe to it. Yeah. But of course arts
2: has no money. And they get no more money. because yeah. <laughs> I've got—I've actually got a, actually got a building. Yeah, I've got a friend that's going to UFC now, and I went and stayed with her a couple of days last winter because we were going skiing off and on. And I remember just trying to find my way around the UFC campus, and it just—yeah, Soviet Russia. That's exactly what it seemed like to me. It was just beige. beige it, it's and beige and it's <laughs> monotone. All the buildings are
1: the same. And there's also that wall that separates it from the rest of the city. So,
0: yes. Yeah. Suck it, Calgary. You know who's got a really lovely university that I think is. Could compete with the U of A's is the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. They have a fantastic campus, and the buildings that they are redeveloping or creating Mm. anew are done in the same classical style, the detriment of which is that they cost a bloody fortune to create. But they look so good Mm -hmm. because they're made of that fantastic stone and they have that classic look.
1: doesn't surprise me that they would be trying to... um I want to I want to say uh, revitalize their campus as sure. well because it seems to me a lot of Saskatchewanites flee the province to go to university. So it would mm. make sense that they'd want to try to keep some of their university age
2: people. Well, that's something I've problems. really noticed even around the U of A. Like the people that go to the U of A are either from here or Saskatchewan. <laughs> is that right? That that is my personal theory, yeah. scientific sample of students at the U of A. <laughs> I've
0: never heard personal they either, or scientific. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. they, this they, is Sans anecdotal science.
0: <laughs> there's a podcast.
3: It's there. the best type of science. <laughs> <The> it's, <worst. laughs> it's true. This <laughs> the best worst type. This of science. is what my engineering degree has taught
2: me. <laughs> no, but it's it's. I've noticed that is people that go to the U of A to me seem large and by and large either from Edmonton or from Saskatchewan. Hmm. There's there's no other catchment area for the U of A. <laughs>
0: I I met a lot of people in when I was at university who were from rural parts of Alberta. Yeah, like like the, shall we say, lesser towns, the the Red <laughs> Deers and the the grand Prairies.
1: Those aren't towns; those are cities. let's be honest, lesser cities. Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. much
2: less. But to be fair, St. Albert <laughs> is also a city. That's, that's, that's and St. <laughs>
1: Albert looks down its nose at all other cities. Yeah, and I'm from St. Albert. I'm allowed to say <laughs> and you that. would know. You would know. You don't.
0: You don't seem like you're from St. Albert. Oh, well, that's though. the nicest thing anyone's ever <laughs> said to me. St. <laughs> Albert and Sherwood Park are the two sort of bedroom communities that are considered to be the snobs, are they not? I don't know as
1: much Sherwood Park. That's um, just where all the the cocaine and meth. Well, the place.
0: same thing is said
1: about St. Sure? Albert. Okay. And the same thing is said about Edmonton. They're kind of barrier. like
4: barical oh. communities.
1: <laughs> well, they're Or is that just yeah. latch onto the Hall of the <laughs> Parasites? <city? laughs>
4: yeah. Parasites, it was a little too harsh.
1: <laughs> I would say a little harsh because it's not like they're actually leeching off of uh, Edmonton's infrastructure or anything.
0: They use our roads. <laughs> they steal our jobs. No, People, one, one might uh, say. Ah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. They
1: sort of have
4: transit systems of their own. So you guys- St. Albert had to pay to get LRT
1: going into St. Albert. They had to yeah. front the bill for that, which is, I mean, good. Yeah. Because that infrastructure should exist, but Yeah. That's, but that's the price of not allowing yourself to be annexed by Edmonton. They don't want to be part of Edmonton because they don't want to, say, have Edmonton's snow removal or Edmonton's garbage removal. They want to have their own because theirs is <laughs> yeah.
0: efficient and good. First rate, even. So are both of you guys in the city? You're not, you're yep. not in the bedroom yep. communities? So nope. What nope. parts?
2: Uh, I hail from the bustling metropolis of Riverbend.
0: Oh, yes. Lovely.
2: And I'm from uh, downtown.
0: I'm from downtown? Yeah. What, what part of downtown? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to assess how close together we live.
4: The, uh, the west side. <laughs> okay. Oliver?
0: Uh, yes, okay. basically. Yeah. North of Jasper or south of Jasper? This matters. Uh North of Jasper. Ah, uh, so you live in Oliver. Yes. I live in Olivier. <laughs> 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 or or some, we just sometimes just call it the Sir Lawrence neighborhood. Uh,
1: I'm surprised you don't call it the Buddy's Gay Bar neighborhood.
0: Uh, that's actually the, my local pub. <laughs> but I don't call it the gay bar neighborhood the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's 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 wonderful it's every Friday night and Saturday night is fabulous
4: so you're south of Jasper
0: yeah just like half a block south. oh okay
1: he is so far south of Jasper that he could spit and it would
0: land on Jasper I Avenue mean.
1: I could so what I'm saying is he's not very far no, south of Jasper at
0: all. it's true and so uh, long time Edmontonian Sam
1: yep all my life and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a
2: loser i still live with my family you know oh gosh whole university i I just put my cards on the table right there that's okay yeah student live at home ladies
0: ladies (laughs) (laughs) so are you you, you've got an engineering degree i am
2: i'm three courses away from an engineering degree so I'll, i'll be done in one semester that's fantastic it is it's a big weight off my shoulders uh, it feels like i don 't know it seemed like this never ending spiral for a while, and, really? and finally there 's an end in sight
0: and the uh the upshot of that is as far as I can see and i 'm not prescient about such things, but my industry can with the the business I work in in advertising, you can sort of tell when the economy's coming back mm-hmm. I think you 're coming out of school at just the right time
2: I think so too, um especially around here and especially in mechanical engineering like it's ah. a, it's, it's incredibly employ it 's an incredibly employable discipline, which is nice um I don't 100% know what I'm going to do with it yet. Truth be told, I'm not crazy about engineering anymore, but we'll see what comes.
4: Having
1: like, learned engineering, he's learned that engineering is frustrating <laughs> and boring.
0: That's sad.
4: You see quite a yeah. few people where they're, where they're like, by the time they finish their degree, it's like, I'm no longer interested in this. I've, I've heard that from a few. So oh, yeah.
0: Now Now, you're on this new podcasting journey. Absolutely. You've been... Uh, volunteering at the gateway right
2: yep five years now as a as a photographer uh mostly as a photographer i've done a tiny bit of writing i did i, I sat on the board for two years so i kind of learned the other side of newspaper making um so journalism yes i love journalism um i don't know if it could ever be anything more than you know a hobby citizen journalist blog podcast that type of thing um I love doing you know, science and tech reporting and, and cool photography and that sort of stuff. But if, I don't know. You, you have to look at what looks like it could be a realistic career for me and what is a kind of a dream career. So I, I'm going to get this. I'll finish this degree, and I'm not closing any doors on that type of stuff. But I don't know how actively
0: I'll, I'll pursue those endeavors. Well, you can still do it as a hobby. Oh, yeah, for sure. As far as we're concerned. We're happy to have you guys. <laughs> helping us fill this show with content. <laughs> How have you found uh the whole process? Is has, has it been uh, as well, expected or Well,
4: the first one we basically got the uh we basically got the email back from you. And I was like, we then, need one soon. And then we were like, well, we should we'll sit on this for 2 weeks. <laughs> and so then they're
0: they're just like us. And so then Perfect we were fit.
4: and then basically after those 2 weeks, me and Matt were like, holy shit, we actually need to get this together. And so um we basically f- tried. Well, first, first we tried. First we attempted f- miserably to talk to people at Central LRT station, and oh after, and uh, after talking to one uh, cheerful chap who uh, decided not to talk to us, we were like, "This is painful." <laughs> and so, then I was like, "Hey, it's the uh, Save Wonder Bar thing tonight. Why don't we talk?" There'll be no better people to talk to than people outside Wonder Bar. So
0: you went down there during their help us pay our taxes thing? Yes. Awesome. That's a great yeah. idea.
4: It was actually packed. Like, I've I'd only been to Wonder Bar a couple of times before, but it was, well, well they, were, they were basically, like, turning people away
2: at the end of the night because it was packed. Wow. Yeah. And, and the material we got from that night was fantastic, yeah. too. Like, a lot of people had, I, I know that you had trouble cutting it down to which, yeah. which interviews you wanted to
0: use. Except too, I nearly froze were, to death. Standing outside. Oh yeah. Like yeah.
4: it was it was basically minus thirty and like I like the
0: one minus thirty day <laughs> we've had the one
4: minus thirty day we've had and it was I was standing outside uh with my recorder at Wonder Bar, uh, interviewing people and my left foot where I have a hole in my shoe actually started going
2: <laughs> numb. So this so th- these these are the sacrifices that we make to uh, put together a segment. We go out onto the street with ripped clothing, holes in our shoes, barely working recorders, go yeah. talk to people. Yeah.
1: That's
0: citizen journalism, my friends. Yeah. I know. That's actually one day you'll like
1: be able to make the big bucks like Adam and I do. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, except that we just had to pay our accountant. I talk about hey, this least as we if I was have to pay taxes. That's the great thing of running a loss.
3: <laughs>
0: now you know how profitable the Unknown Studio is.
1: So if you'd like to sponsor <laughs> or uh, advertise on the Unknown Studio, yeah. uh, contact us at show at at theunknownstudio.ca. That's correct. Or so donate.
0: Or donate. Donate. Oh, if we put a donate button on our website, though, PayPal I'm will that shut us down. Did you guys hear about this? No. No. So you know the website Regretsie. So uh, there's Etsy and there's Regrets. I've heard of Etsy. Yeah, and no. Regrets basically makes fun of all the shit on et- Etsy. <laughs> like, <I> mean, the <laughs> worst stuff. There's great stuff on Etsy. Like, don't get oh me Oh, yeah, there, there is. is. awful stuff on Etsy. There's, and the awful stuff is what they make fun of. But they also, during the holidays, do a a uh, uh, I guess, a toy drive and a, yeah. and, a, and a money drive for less fortunate people.
1: Less fortunate children, children specifically. That's right. Not unlike 630 Chet Santa's anonymous.
0: And uh, as part of this, they placed a PayPal donate button on their website. And then... Some uh, some power-hungry customer service rep at PayPal like shut them down, made them refund everyone's money manually, and froze all their accounts. Froze all their accounts. But when they're when you re- any transaction you do on PayPal, yep. you get charged for. So all the refund tra- transactions, they got charged for. Oh. I think
4: I think it's more fun to imagine that it was a talking shark customer <laughs> service representative. <laughs> Why? Just because he's because the because those people are sharks. I mean like th- like th- you, they must have people who actually like look out on the internet for like for un for basically Well,
0: I expect that I mean if you're using a PayPal donate button that's talking to their system, they're able to sort of so there's a shark who guards the doors at PayPal, I suppose.
1: They uh <laughs> obviously made a stink about this. Oh yeah, it and was right it was like
0: them. the only thing anyone was talking about on Monday.
1: Yeah, uh, f- if you really? if you searched for PayPal on Twitter, there was not a positive thing to say about it. Oh, so this was actually a big, big, and it, big news percent I never even it, heard of this. 90% of it was linking back to uh, to the Regretzi story. And then the mainstream media started talking about it. And PayPal had a customer service nightmare yeah. on their hands. So
4: did they, like, recant? Yes. Did they? Oh, okay. Big so. time.
1: They, they, they have been groveling takes. in front of Regretzi uh, for, like, a week. Yeah. Trying to make it look like they are not, in fact... Uh, out to screw children from having a good Christmas. Well, yeah, speaking of which,
2: <laughs> w- what problem did PayPal have with this in the first place?
1: They were not a... Uh, it, was va- it was semantics. It was total semantics. Yeah. Because they're not a charity or not-for-profit organization. No, it's because they're not a not-for-profit organization. Yeah. They could not use the donate button. Because okay. you can't use that just to make charity. You could do it if you started a webpage to raise money for your sick cat. But you could not <laughs> do it to raise money for children.
0: This is actually what the customer and service person yeah, said to This them. is
1: more or less, this is not an exact quote, but this is kind of a, uh, a synopsis of what they were saying. Uh, and they did actually use the example of you could raise money for your sick cat, but not for children at Christmas. And then he was like, well, then we'll just sell... We'll just use the regular sell button and we'll sell the opportunity to send a child, uh, thing to the children. And the PayPal guy was like, no, we know that that's what you're going to be doing. And we will shut you down if you try to do that. So <laughs>
4: PayPal is not your pal, kids. What it yeah. was
0: was that that this particular individual that was talking to their gradsy people did not understand PayPal's policies. Because they're, I mean, every policy <laughs> is open to some kind of inter- interpretation. Yeah. But to me, reading it over, because there was another person who sort of... Posted the Regretzi story and then... Went made through a customers' on the policy.
1: Policy, Yeah, the PayPal policy. And
0: all there. it says is that if you're going to use the donate button and you're a registered charity, you must prove that you're a registered charity. And in the States, you do that. And in, even in Canada, there's a number that's associated with being a charity. Sure. Yeah. But as a business, we could, according to the policy that I read, place a donate button on our website and anyone could donate if they wanted. So, hmm. so PayPal... Kind of fucked that one up. And they paid for it. They really did. PayPal had to pay. Uh. PayPal paid the piper. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been a good headline. Yeah, well, I'm not in that world anymore. (laughs) (laughs) very, very sad. (laughs) Christmas in space. R. Roundtree T'was the night before Christmas when all through the ship Not a circuit was buzzing, not one microchip The phasers were hung in the armory securely In hopes that no aliens would get up that early The crew were nestled all snug in their bunks Except for the few who were partying drunks And Picard in his nightshirt And Bev in her lace had just settled down for a nice face-to-face, when out in the halls there arose such a racket that we leapt from our beds pulling on pant and jacket. Away to the lifts, we all shot like a gun, leapt into the cars and yelled loudly, Deck one! The bridge red alert lights which flashed through the din gave a luster of Hades to objects within, when what on the viewscreen should our eyes behold but a weird kind of sleigh and some guy who looked old but the glint in his eyes was so strange and askew that we knew in a moment it had to be Q. His sleigh grew much larger, as closer he came. Then he zapped on the bridge and addressed us by name. It's Riker, it's Data, it's Worf and Jean-Luc, it's Geordie and Wesley, the genetic fluke. To the top of the bridge, to the top of the hall, now float away, float away, float away all, as leaves in the autumn are whisked off the street, so the floor of the bridge came away from our feet. And up to the ceiling our bodies they flew, as the captain called out, what the hell is this, Q? The prankster just laughed and expanded his grin, and snapping his fingers he vanished again as we took in our plight and were looking around the spell was removed and we crashed to the ground then Q dressed in fur from his head to his toe appeared once again to continue the show that's enough cried the captain you'll stop this at once and Riker said Worf take aim at this dunce I'm deeply offended jean Luke replied Q I just want to celebrate Christmas with you as we scoffed at his words he produced a large sack he dumped out the contents and took a step back i've brought gifts he said just to show i'm sincere there's something delightful for everyone here he sat on the floor and dug into his pile and handed out gifts with his most charming smile for counselor troy there's no need to explain here's tylenol beta for all of your pain for wharf i've some mints as his breath's not too great and for geordie laforge an inflatable date For Wesley, some hormones, and Clearasil Plus. For Data, a joke book. For Riker, a truss. For Beverly Crusher, there's sleek lingerie. And for Jean-Luc, the thrill of just seeing her that way. Then he sprang to his feet with a grin on his face, and clapping his hands, disappeared into space. But we heard him exclaim as he dwindled from sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good flight. That was... Based on A Visit from St. Nicholas, originally by Clement Clark Moore. Copyright 1990 by Eric R. Roundtree. Merry Christmas, everybody, for me and the entire cast of Star Trek The Next Generation, though don't let them know that they said that. Merry Christmas.
5: study hard and I won't ask for anything else this year.
6: I'm sorry honey.
5: But dad, all my friends are getting it for Christmas. Please dad,
6: please. I'm sorry, but we can't afford a turkey this year.
3: For some families, a warm meal is out of reach during the holidays. Please
4: donate at christmasbureau.ca to ensure no one spends Christmas hungry.
1: take a moment at this time to thank a person
0: a, an institution if you will the the santa claus of of digital media in this city really
1: because really he just brings plentiful gifts of digital media to the city and to his students we're of course referring to owen Briarly.
0: also known as the dumbledore
1: of digital media
0: <laughs> he wears many hats <laughs> All, both of them pointy. Yes.
4: <laughs> so, who is the Snape of digital media then?
0: That would be uh, David McQueen, who also works at uh, Guru Digital at Guru Arts Guru College. Guru Digital Arts College. He's yeah. terrifying and British. And uh, but he ultimately wants you to
1: make <laughs> alchemical digital media concoctions. Yes, with cameras. We're Susan. stretching this metaphor really thin. So only, it <laughs> only yeah, yeah. So, it, but
0: anyway, thank you so much to Guru Digital Arts College for supporting the Unknown Studio as they have done so low these past two years. And hopefully we'll continue to do so. Because we're broke. And because we like them. And because we like them. Because they do great things for the city. And in fact, right now they've teamed up with the people over at Rocket Fuel Games to create uh, a new video game that's going to teach kids all about mathematics. So gurus providing the art uh, and the style of the game and the guys at Rocket Fuel, led by uh, Norman Mendoza and Jason Soriano, are providing the the code and the gaming experience And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be cool. And they'll be producing that this year.
1: So be sure to check that out. And uh, if you are looking to get into the digital arts realm, you should definitely check out Guru Digital Arts College. You can literally drop by and check it out. And they will show you around and show you what
0: you can learn. And They're they're, very welcoming. Their classes start in January on January 3rd. And I think there's a chance you could still get in. But do check out their website, gurudigitalarts.com. So what's next for... Edmonton, a city. I mean, this show has your segment on it, actually. Yeah. So, so uh, beyond beyond this Christmas episode, uh, what are you hoping to do in the future with the segment?
4: Well, we're hoping to look at. Uh you ask me this <laughs> because well, I mean, it's not like we
0: plan this shit out here we, no. we have a few ideas yeah, kind we have of a few ideas. swimming
2: around our heads I think one that we're all kind of excited about uh, which we're probably going to push to the summer is, is Edmonton after 3am we're, we're just basically yeah. going to wander the streets on so like to a Saturday the night sound of wind blowing <laughs> <by>. basically
4: Edmonton <laughs> after like Edmonton on the weekend after the bars close and what happens that's a yeah. great idea hopefully
1: you do not get stabbed
4: yeah we might have to have a security detail again citizen journalism here that's Could, that's the price we must pay
0: we might be able to find you a kevlar vest i was just Only I was, one of you I, I was just gonna ask <laughs> that have to share it. so
4: so yeah. i'll so i'll 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 go out first yeah
0: and then they can they you, can kind of be john, behind me. john will be a human shield
2: yeah well one one of us will wear the actual kevlar vest the other one will just put on like six sweater vests and it'll just look <laughs> the same actually while
0: simon's the ultra, here the ultra hipster that'd be awesome <laughs>
2: Actually,
4: while Simon's not here, how about I'll designate him as the human shield. I think that's fair. Okay, You, you are yeah. allowed to volunteer someone right. who was... All right. Simon is make the make human today.
2: shield. Yeah. Speaking of which, given that only John and I have been introduced, we should probably give a shout out to Simon Yakluck and uh, Matt Herjie, who are also yeah. heavily involved in this segment and I, could not be here tonight.
0: I don't believe I, I've, I may have met one or both of them at some event, but usually... Uh,
2: you may have met Simon
4: at Gateway Centennial. I Matt wasn't there. Okay. So so tell me what what do they like? Um, <laughs> what are their backgrounds? What are their backgrounds? So the way I know them is up again through the gateway. Mm-hmm. And so last year Simon was the deputy news editor, and Matt was the sports editor. Okay. And I don't know. How, how, what's how do always really struck me people? about
2: <laughs> what's always struck me about Matt is he's not your textbook sports editor. No, like that was the one thing I I remember when I first met him and he introduced himself to the sports editor saying really like you're kind of an artsy writer type thing and hmm. here he is doing the, the the sports desk um I don't know they're cool guys we like working with them they've got great ideas
0: and and did it seem like a natural thing to sort of coalesce and and do this segment together or like mm. so so <laughs> how, did, how it, did you hear about it first of all I
4: actually I heard about it through Matt and he basically just told
2: me um,
0: so Matt listened to the show. I believe so. Yeah. Wow, that's that just brings a tear <laughs> to my eye for <laughs> me. It's
2: it's the Cinderella story of, of the fans turned you know
0: contributors. Yeah. Or he basically. wrote
2: it on the blog. I can't remember. But uh,
4: <laughs> who
0: cares, man? He's he's listening. He's reading. I don't give a fuck how he found out. <laughs> but yeah, so he <laughs> basically he just told like me he was like, <laughs> <segment contest. laughs> he's just looking for some <laughs> podcast anywhere to contribute to. I need. I have a story to tell. To fall on ours. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: okay. Yeah, and so basically he came
4: to me and he was like, "Hey, are you would be you be interested in this uh pitching an idea?" And we had no idea what we were going to do at that point. But I was like, "Yeah, it sounds kind of fun." Like I've never done anything radio or podcasty before. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, then basically we just uh <laughs> went to Remedy one day and pounded out a pitch.
0: And it looked really nice. Yes. They even you even formatted it.
4: That's what happens when you're uh eating coconut curry and you know it puts you in a formatting mood. It does, I've, alwa- yeah. I've
0: always wondered what co- what kind of effect coconut curry would have on my document preparation. That's why remedy is so close <laughs> to the university. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's so popular. Yeah. In the university.
4: Oh, there's a lot of university students there preparing documents.
0: Weird. <laughs> I'm <just>, eating the <laughs> coconut curry. It's not even really a <laughs> restaurant anymore. It's, it's like a study hall. It's yeah, a strange
3: it, study uh,
1: hall. It actually is.
3: Food.
0: Okay. Now, now you got Sam. You got dragged into this. <laughs> as as I understand it.
2: Well, here's the timeline as I see it. Back in early, like I don't even know when your contest was 20 running. 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> not, not that I'd never listened to the Unknown Studio before, but it was kind of the odd episode. You know, I paid attention to your blog a little bit, follow you guys on Twitter. Um, but anyways, back in early October, Matt comes up to me and says, hey, I need a partner to do a podcast with. I'm thinking of doing one about Edmonton, and that's all he told me. And I said, yeah, sure, man, I'm on board, and nothing happened for a month. And then I turn around, and no, it's no longer Matt. It's Matt and John and Simon, and it's not a podcast anymore. It's a segment on The Unknown Studio, <laughs> and I'm going to be the producer.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so th- that's how I got dragged into this. Is I, I don't really know what happened behind the scenes.
4: And there wasn't really much... Uh... Team chemistry that w- that the thought really didn't cross our minds. We were basically like me and Matt put it together, and then he was like, "Hey, Simon's interested too." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the more the merrier."
0: <laughs> so, so what do you guys? What kind of tech are you using to put all this together? Because as um, you can see, we have an elaborate. Uh, it's, it's, almost sure. like here, yeah, it's almost like a spaceship in here. It is like a spaceship in here.
1: Yeah, NASA would be jealous. NASA is jealous. They can't even keep track of their moon rocks. Yeah.
0: So, so suck it, NASA. Yep. I think is what we're saying. So what are you what are you guys using when you go out, when you're standing outside of? Remedy. Uh, were you using
4: basically, it? I was just using my digital recorder for oh. my reporting days. So, and it, it records
0: MP3s, or,
4: or? Uh, I think it records in. Was it? DVDs? You sent me wave it was, files. It was waves. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And yeah, uncompressed. Good stuff. The sound quality is pretty good. I mean, it's, yeah. It, it was. was it, it was really yeah. good. And it's one of the ones that pulls apart as a USB. So.
0: How much are those?
4: Uh, I believe I gotta myself. mine was around one ten. Really. Yeah. Because it we, might be cheaper now, because that was like I bought that probably three or four years ago. That's good
0: to know, because Scott and I share this one, and and quite often I have it, which makes it difficult for him to do anything, except sit and brood. <laughs> I don't but, know. Is that how you brood? Uh, close, close, enough. close enough.
4: But yeah, I mean, you just uh, pull it apart. It plugs right in. Runs as an external hard drive, and it only takes one AAA. So,
0: uh, how much space on it? This, um, this got really technical, but I'm, yeah, I'm, really yeah. curious. I'm really curious. I can't
4: remember, actually, right now. Enough uh, to record quite a bit of audio? Oh, yeah. Like, it's definitely, I think it's a definitely a couple gigs.
0: I think, oh, so. sweet. Yeah. Okay, we're going to look into that. Yeah, I know the unknown studio is expanding. Uh, might need to get one of those.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like handy. For the show. Ideally, what I'd like to get is one of the, you know, a pocket recorder like that that has an XLR input so I can carry, you know, a boom <laughs> mic around or hook it into a soundboard or,
0: or something like that. We use a, um, a condenser mic so just a normal thing that you'd see yeah. on a stage, and the the nice thing about it is that it can be you could be at a rock show, but as long as the microphone is right in front of the person's mouth, it only picks up their voice. So mm. It's really good and a little yep. bit of ambient noise, but but the device that we're recording on now, which looks like a taser, yes, yes it's pretty cool. Um, it's it it's pretty good. You put a little a little um, filter over top of it, mm. but it picks up everything. Yep. Like it's it's. It's good if you want that ambient sound, but if you don't, you're fucked, basically. <laughs> you're fucked. And we got it because we like nice things. Yeah, we do. We can afford a few nice things. A few, yeah. We have to be really careful. But uh,
1: when we do get nice things, they are particularly nice. That reminds me.
0: Uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we had occasion to take out a nice young lady for lunch. That's
1: right. Finally. Yes, finally. We, um, we occasionally uh, will put up time with us in charity auctions, and people will actually bid on it. Wow. Because although we have an awesome podcast, we often wonder how interesting we we are in person. And uh, I don't
0: think think they're paying for us so much as the free meal they get. They also get lunch, basically. And
1: uh, we had two outstanding (laughs) ones for some time. And it wasn't because we were reneging on anything. It's just very difficult for us to uh, time it out with the other people. And we finally managed to sit down, and have one of those lunches. Yeah,
0: and we we met with Ruth Kelly, the publisher of Alberta Venture, a Venture Publishing. Venture Publishing, right. right. uh, Not just Alberta Venture, because as we learned, and unfortunately we didn't record our conversation because we were at a restaurant, um, but as we learned, she publishes like dozens of... Venture's
2: a huge company. They're massive. Because they do a whole bunch of industry publications, that kind of stuff too. It's one thing.
0: like, uh, you know, print to order almost. Like Mm -hmm. a... if the Unknown Studio wanted to print a magazine, we, we could come up with a con- – if we could afford to print one, I should say. We could come up with the content and go to Ruth and say, we want a magazine and pay her to do it. Yes. The Unknown Magazine. The Unknown Magazine. No one yeah it. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was a great one. Coming life. summer 2012. Yeah. It, it, Not just the food, but the conversation. The food was, was tremendous. Like, circulation 5. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well – a dozen. Anyway. <laughs> uh, for our dozens of <laughs> listeners, would obviously I mean, subscribe. There are four of us here. Scott and <laughs> yeah. I each. Scott's married, so his wife would obviously buy her own copy. Yes. And Rachel would probably just read mine because you know we have to save money. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was great lunch. We went to the Manor Bistro, and Ruth, Ruth shared with us uh, the her history in the publishing industry, which was really interesting. Like when she started out working at a at a print shop uh in the 70s yep uh how how sexist everyone was oh yeah and, uh, i assume so yeah just the it's a, it's awesome to meet uh you know a businesswoman who's just like yeah who cares about sexism i i just got through it and here i am and i could crush everyone here yeah she may or may not have said that ruth i'm sorry don't crush me so pretty anyway, sure she said that i had to mention it because it was we had a lot of fun yes it was great having her own, so so there's that and yes. now it's it's nearly Christmas time. We are, as you're listening to this show, if you've downloaded it, the day it came out... And obviously you did. You have three shopping days left. Until Christmas.
4: Yeah. So, so get th- down to West Edmonton Mall. Oh,
0: God.
1: That's a little <laughs> bit of a scary thought.
0: Even, even as we're recording this week's before, the thought of going to West Ed to shop for anything is scary.
1: Uh, Anita and I already went to West Ed. Oh, dear. Uh, on December 1st, Anita needed to bring in her car for some... Uh, maintenance. And uh, so she took the day off knowing that she wouldn't have her car all day. And Mm -hmm. she was like, why don't we do some Christmas shopping? I was like, excellent idea. It is a Thursday. It is the first day of December. We will go to West Edmonton Mall and do our West Edmonton Mall shopping now. It was not busy. And rightly so, because it was a... Thursday afternoon on the 1st of December and
0: no one should have been there. There weren't even mall rats there.
1: Well, there were people there, but it wasn't like a huge crush of people. We could come and go as we pleased. We bought a couple things.
2: And there's a very big difference between occupied West Edmonton Mall and, and busy West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> occupied I should, Yeah. yeah movement, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I realized as soon as I said that that was probably a poor word choice. but uh, But a hilarious one.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. But no, I agree with you. I just think the notion of going there now is terrifying.
1: It's probably getting to the uh, to the threshold where <laughs>
0: terminal they're... velocity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's at capacity for one to maintain one's sanity. I would suggest
4: it was about two years ago when I actually went ended up there on uh,
0: <coughs> Christmas Eve. Oh no! Oh. And it's
4: just, it's basically pandemonium. Like yeah. it's it's really like opening Pandora's box.
1: It, it just all the evils of the world <laughs> spilling out of Western basically small. it's like It's like if you open yep. the
0: Ark of the Covenant. It's just like <laughs> tiny what ray have I done.
1: <laughs> tiny ray of hope shining out of the Santa Maria.
0: I feel like uh I feel like that was what Nam was like. <laughs> can I can I say that without being insensitive? I don't I think, think I can. I don't think you can, <laughs> can at all, no. <laughs> I remember going there on because I think they say the busiest shopping day of the holiday season is December twenty-third. Yeah, it's, that, yeah, that, that would make makes sense. sense. Yeah, and I went there. I went there one year at that time. And I happened to park uh, next to the you know those are the London Drugs in the brick. Yeah, I only went into the London Drugs, <laughs> and I managed to find what I needed there somehow. Even though I probably shouldn't have bought what I bought there, because <laughs> it wasn't what I was intending to buy. But there was no way that I was going to walk more than two stores into that fucking place. It was crazy.
4: You know, see, I would assume that everybody has that same attitude. So London Drugs yet, was the
0: only store that was busy in the whole mall. Yet
4: somehow, like like everybody is like, I'm not going there on Dece- like December 23rd or December 24th. Yet the mall is still full. Yeah. So really you're seeing, you're seeing desperation. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's desperation personified. It's the worst.
1: I, I used to work retail and I worked retail over a number of Christmases. And uh, yeah, you, it as the week before Christmas, every day you see a more and more desperate uh, customer. Like, it's... <laughs> a bags in their eyes like just, It's just like you You can, you can see, like, you can see the degeneration of people <laughs> as every day gets closer
0: to Christmas. It's like a de-evolution de- almost.
1: And it is astonishing. And you will see people come in on Christmas Eve during the day, during the evening, <laughs> looking to buy
3: stuff.
0: And there are these people, Scott, that are just like oh my god, I haven't done anything, or they're just looking, like, well, you get the occasional person who's like, uh, I thought of something really last minute, and I just want
1: to pick it up. Yeah, Because like, that... th- there are people who legitimately are just ready to go for Christmas, and then at the very last minute are like, I should have bought Iron Man for my <laughs> wife, and they're off to the video store. And, and you know, and, but there are legitimately people like that. And then there are the people who are like, I need to buy for my entire family right now. <laughs> And just grabbing whatever they can that's left on the shelf. And
0: it's astonishing. <laughs> the thing that I've run into this year is that I th- I'm pretty certain that I know what I'm buying everyone on my list. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Except that I have not bought a single one of those things yet. <laughs> and every time I'm just like, I should go do that. I'm just like,
3: uh, I don't, I don't
0: want to brave the crowds. But, of course, it's just getting worse. So yeah. what the fuck am I thinking? I, I don't know. Yeah. I can't answer that. <laughs> I don't know. What are you guys doing for Christmas? Are you um, going you going to Calgary or are you staying? I'm pretty much staying here. Okay.
2: But uh yeah, I'm doing the usual family thing. I mean, yeah. What
0: what is the usual family the
2: thing? The usual family thing. Uh Christmas at my house typically is uh I don't know, it's it's kind of evolved over the years, but is, the the is it current model of of it,
0: is it hundreds? It's dozens. Okay.
2: Actually, it's it's maybe two dozen. Wow. You know, it's it's not a I mean, I'm I feel great because my entire family lives here, but my entire family is not that big. So the way Christmas usually works at our house is we have a non-turkey dinner dinner on Christmas Eve. You know, something that's not the whole turkey. Typically we do, you know, like French-Canadian stuff, trutier, that kind of thing. Oh, yes. Meat yeah, pie. Meat pie is fantastic. It's and amazing. The whole house smells like it all One day. One of
0: my favorite things about Christmas is meat pie. My mm-hmm. m- my mom never made it herself, but her sister would always bring some or give us some. And it was yeah. My dad's family oh, does the meat pie as Have well. you had the meat pie? Uh, I have in the past. Okay, invite yourself yeah. over to Sam's this year, everyone who's listening, and try the meat pie. So the meat expect, pie is fantastic. Expect tens of people to show up. <laughs> 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 they're like, oh, we'll see the unknown studio. There's only three of them. <laughs> That's great. That's okay. It'll just be... Actually, it'll be Matt and Simon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Attention attention demographic
2: of listeners to the Unknown Studio. (laughs) I am hosting a party on Christmas Eve. (laughs) There will be meat pie. You should all come.
0: So is meat pie the cornerstone of that dinner? Meat
2: pie is the cornerstone of that dinner. Um, I feel really excited because one side of my family's french the other side's ukrainian so the food around christmas is always fantastic i would yeah. imagine um yeah. you know you go into the other side you get the turkey dinner which you add you know cabbage rolls and pierogies and stuff too so it's
0: truly um, the best of both worlds
2: it is definitely the best of both worlds hmm. um but yeah it's i don't know we do the uh, the french canadian tourtiere dinner we all go to mass Then we come home, sleep, wake up on Christmas morning, feel like little children again. It's
0: fantastic. Awesome. And what about you, uh, John?
4: Uh, I pretty much always had my whole extended family's here, basically. So it's always been Christmas in Edmonton for me. And basically it's uh, Christmas Eve at my um, dad's parents and Christmas Day at my mom's parents. That's So it's like two dinners in a row, which is pretty good. And 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 likewise, it's um it's Ukrainian. So yeah, Ukrainian on my dad, on my
2: dad's side, and then French Canadian on my uh,
0: holy shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
2: yeah, we basically have the same family arrangement there. Pretty similar, yeah.
0: Do you guys know if you're related?
2: No, okay. we haven't looked into it. Okay. We look quite alike, though.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the the resemblance is remarkable. <laughs>
4: Warning, the following segment contains wildly unsubstantiated claims as to Santa's fictitiousness. Listener discretion is advised.
6: Welcome to Edmonton, a city.
3: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere
6: you go. My name is Matt Hergie Take-
7: And my name is Simon Yakluk. As me and Matt were sitting down, brainstorming ideas, we wanted to
6: find an interesting element of Edmonton during Christmas time. And as we were sitting down, thinking about it, we kind of realized that the epicenter of Christmas in Edmonton is the malls. They've become associated with Christmas in Edmonton and are kind of indicative of our consumerist, high-stress culture. Balls of stress, those malls. They are balls of stress. Uh, We were there just a few days ago. And it was the most stressful thing I've ever, ever felt.
7: Matt, speaking of shopping stress, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? I have
6: not started my Christmas shopping yet. Christmas it's... is
7: only a few days away.
6: I know. It's really, really stressful to me right now. I am I count myself amongst those people that are really stressed out right now. And will probably end up going to the mall at the last minute to get Christmas shopping done.
7: Well, Matt, fortunately, amidst all the stress, there is still a heartwarming element of the malls in the city. The mall Santa tradition is still a steadfast kernel of Christmas in Edmonton.
6: The mall Santa is really, really interesting. That whole idea, the whole culture around it with kids showing kids up. Kids so excited. I know. Uh, the kids seemed like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to get dressed up in a tie and slacks and everything. And Just a whole big deal. Go yeah, on his knee. Yeah, my mom would part my hair and I, I got my one chance to, to ask what I wanted for Christmas. Did he ever deliver the gifts after? I don't know if it was him. You don't know. Maybe. It it might be. It might have been. I'm sure it was. I'm holding out hope that it was
7: him. Well, Matt, we went and talked to some of the kids waiting in line to see Santa. Boy, were they excited.
6: Yeah, it was the most exciting thing. Uh, Kids were, like, jumping around. Or really shy. Or really shy. I think one boy cowered. (laughs) One girl was crying. She was so excited or too scared to see Santa Claus. Uh, I thought it was a really, really heartwarming tale of Edmonton. So, what's your name?
5: Um, Steve.
4: Your name Steve. Steve? I mean Max. You're, Max. <laughs> your Max. Max, how old are
5: you? Seven, eight. Eight.
4: So you're eight, and are you excited to see Santa today? Yeah. And now have, have you lived have you lived in Edmonton your whole life?
5: Uh, no.
4: No? Where <laughs> so, are you from originally? Where were you
5: born? Edmonton.
6: Edmonton. You were born in Edmonton.
5: <laughs> Dubai. Dubai.
4: Dubai. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what what are you most excited to talk to Santa about today? About the presents. Of course. What are you gonna ask for? Uh,
5: the Lego A T O T Walker and the Lego Under Deep Sea Raider.
4: So the Lego was A T O T Walker. And, and, and
5: Republic Dropship.
4: Is that from Star Wars? Yep. And so you're so you're a big Star Wars fan, I see, okay? Yeah. So is that, so which walker is that?
5: Um, it's the clones, it's for clones.
4: It's for clones. And what was the second item again, sorry?
5: The Lego Deep Sea Raider.
4: Lego Deep Sea Raider, okay. And, uh... Do you think the chances are high that you're going to be successful in getting both of your both of these gifts?
5: Um, I'm not sure about the A T O T Walker and Republic Dropship, but I'm sh-
4: you're sure I about, yeah. You sure about the Raider? Yeah. Okay. Um, is is Christmas here different than it is in Dubai? Yeah. How so? They
5: celebrate in more.
4: Okay. Um, so in Dubai, is there are there mall Santas?
5: Um, not r- well. Such a long break.
6: Do you like Christmas, Max? Very. Very much. Very much. Yeah. yeah.
4: What do you What do you like most about it?
5: The presents.
4: <laughs> what, what, what about the like family and the goodwill?
5: I kind of like that. <laughs> I like it.
4: <laughs> what's your name? Oh, what's your name? My
5: uh, name's justice.
4: justice. Justice. And, and how old are you? Justice. What asking Santa for today? Uh, what do you want
5: for Christmas? Headshots and
3: Barbies.
4: Headshots and Barbies? Any particular Barbies? No. no just any Sorry, Barbies?
3: Just wait, just wait. <laughs> I know, Nanny's gonna wait for
6: You're you very excited for Christmas, Justice? Yeah. Yeah, what are you most excited for? Uh, the open presents. The open presents? Are you from Edmonton? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you like Edmonton? Yeah.
4: How about, did you like West Edmonton Mall? Yeah. Yes. Is it very big? Yeah. There's lots of shops?
6: Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a Merry oh, Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> well that was really interesting. But what about the man in the big red suit, Simon? What about the man in the big red suit? Who is he? Who
7: is so enthusiastic about Christmas that they'll put an entire month of their life every year, year after year, into portraying that man? Yeah. Do they go to Santa school? I'm wondering how does he prepare to lift all those kids on your knee time and time again all day? It's really interesting, so Do you wait train beforehand i don 't know
6: <laughs> who knows uh, we sent John Kamech uh, one of our one of our really good friends and contributors to Edmonton City, to go actually talk to him mall santa i didn't know the that man they were... behind the suit i didn't know that they were available for interviews well, i don 't know how John got to the North Pole that's what I'm wondering too. <laughs>
3: So,
6: I'm
4: here today with a man who needs no introduction. He goes by what Father Christmas, Père Noël, Kris Kringle, Nicholas, uh, Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, um, Babbo Natale. I think in Ooh, Italian. Oh, that's a good one. Italian, yeah. And so, of course, uh, I'm here with Santa Claus. The uh, he's the current Santa Claus at Southgate Mall. Right. Right. And how long have you been doing? It? Uh, five years. So you've been at uh, five a years. Total
8: of five years. Uh, not full time here. Okay. I've been all over. Okay. I go everywhere. Okay. I am Santa Claus.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so now, um, how did you get into being? Doing the
8: Santa gig for my grandkids. Yeah, really, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. About uh About eight, ten years ago, and
3: uh,
8: I would go out checking the list twice, you know, on the street, and then I started doing it for friends. Then I ran into my agent, and I started doing it in the stores.
4: Oh, great! We were at West Ed yesterday. Uh, we talked to Santa there. Or, no, we, we didn't talk to Santa there, but when he was going on his break and he was walking out, I'm pretty sure we. I, I, I definitely hear, heard him say uh, Santa has to go take about four or five or backs a set. <laughs> so I wanted to ask about the like physical rigors of yeah. the job.
8: <laughs> I think I got, a, I think I got a, a bit of a rotor cuff problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you take there, uh, there's four or five hundred of those little duffers a day. They're 40, 50 pounds a piece. You know, yeah. Slugging them up. But I, something's here. But it's it's not bothering me that bad. Yeah. You know, I wear sometimes I wear a brace mm-hmm. on my arm because it it it'll hurt. So I keep the brace around. It, it, you know, a month and a half in here. Yeah. Hell of a worker. Yeah. You know, it really is. <laughs> and like you say, some guys just can't hack it.
4: Yeah. So now is the toughest part dealing with the like like kids who are unhappy or like the parents who are angry or. Well, and
8: you know this. I would say no. The kids are unhappy. They're, they're scared. But the, the parents keep trying to, you haven't got time for this, and, and you know a lot of times you get some kids, really neat kids, you know, they've got lots to say, and they're interesting, and you kind of got to move them on, and then the next thing you know you're sitting there wasting five minutes on some screaming brat, and you never get a picture of them anyway. Yeah. And his mother's mad at you, and everybody's mad. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But that's the parent doesn't have any sense. It's mm-hmm. not the kid. The kid doesn't know any different. He's one and a half years old. What's he know? Very, very few people are unreasonable. And most of them are really, really terrific. You know, They're supportive of their kids. They're supportive of, of the, uh, you know, the Christmas thing and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I think it's great.
4: Okay, so now I guess yep. lastly, like, yep. what would you say would be the only, like the lessons you've learned personally that you like translate to the rest of your life, for,
8: from the job? I don't know. I, I, uh, I I've always thought the world of kids. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and kids are important, and uh, their little ideas and everything they come up with. For I never spent enough time with my own, so. I would like to spend more with them, but now they're older than you. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to get much time spending. So I spend some time with my grandkids. and uh, But I really do. I, I, you know, it's, it's corny to say, well, the kids are the future, though well, of course they are. You know, they are. Santa's a good old guy.
5: <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be
3: light.
6: Well, that's all the time we have left in this episode of Edmonton City. Thanks for listening and hopefully learn a little bit about Santa Claus. The contributors to this segment have been Matt Hergie Simon Yakluk, John Kamech, and Sam Brooks, our producer extraordinaire. Thank you very much, listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in and happy holidays.
7: And big thanks to the Unknown Studio, guys. Back to you.
8: We have all kinds of New Canadians coming up there on that stand, they all say Merry Christmas. Never heard a happy holiday anywhere. <laughs> so goodbye to them and Merry Christmas to everybody.
1: Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction you need to seek out? The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. I knew that Adam was going to be reading a Christmas story this episode, and uh, I wanted to tell one too. I I do love telling Christmas stories, Uh, but I knew that I'd really have to bring my A-game if I was going to outdo him because uh, of how good his Christmas story was inevitably going to be. And um, it ended up nearly driving me to madness, trying to figure out which Christmas story was really the best, the most iconic one uh, that I could kind of trump his with. And uh, ultimately, I really couldn't decide... So I decided to tell them all, at the same time. With only $1.87 to his name, George Cratchit wasn't certain exactly how he was going to buy his cantankerous boss, Ebenezer Grinch, a Christmas present. See, though everyone loved Christmas and loved it a lot, Mr. Grinch did not. The old green miser hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now don't ask why, no one quite knows the reason. It could be his abandonment issues stemming from being left at a boarding school, or the loss of his one true love. Or his shoes may be too tight. We're not entirely sure. Moving on. With only $1.87 mostly in pennies, George knew he wouldn't be able to buy Mr. Grinch anything of particular worth to cheer his spirits. George feared that this would finally cost him his meager job with the miserly man, which would be exceptionally hard on his enormous family. His wife, Mary, and children, adorable Zuzu, sickly, tiny Tim, and Ralphie, who just wants a Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas, in Victorian England. Unable to face this abject failure, George decided to end it all by throwing himself off a bridge. Perched up on the bridge over a rushing river, George prepared to hurl himself into the drink when a ghostly form materialized before him. The wailing spirit, draped in chains and lockboxes, introduced itself as Jacob Marley, the ghost of Ebenezer Grinch's former partner, and demanded to know why George would end his life on Christmas Eve. I have nothing of worth, George lamented to the hideous spirit, and I won't be able to purchase Mr. Grinch a worthwhile gift. I'm sure he means to fire me, and I won't be able to support my family and my ailing son. I wish I'd never been born. Very well, the ghost cried. Your wish is granted. The scene shifted around a confused George who found himself confronted by the ghost of Christmas past, who took him on a whirlwind tour of his childhood if he had never been there. Without him there, his younger brother Harry falls through the ice on a pond, where he is whisked away to a magical doll kingdom. There, he helps a cursed prince who is trapped in the body of a nutcracker fight the evil Mouse King. But without his brother's support, he is taken prisoner and is never seen again. George is then greeted by the ghost of Christmas Present, who shows him the modern world without him there. George is horrified to see that his wife Mary has never married, instead becoming a governess in Victorian England, and never giving birth to their children Zuzu, Ralphie, and Tiny Tim. Even despite a magical train ride to the North Pole in her youth, In Victorian England, where she was given a magical silver sleigh bell by Santa Claus himself, she's given up on Christmas, and the bell no longer rings for her because she no longer believes. Finally, the ghost of Christmas future shows George a world in which Christmas is no more, for without George's tempering presence, Mr. Grinch has stolen the holiday. Literally by sneaking into people's homes and taking their things. With the spirit of Christmas so cruelly broken, the holiday becomes completely materialistic. Even adorable singing chipmunks can't get through a holiday song without bemoaning their desires for hula hoops and golden echo harmonicas. Horrified by these revelations, George begs the spirits to bring him back, and he awakens to find the whole thing has happened in one miraculous night. With renewed faith in the holiday, George rushes through the streets, wishing a Merry Christmas to everyone he meets. Ducking into a pawn shop, George finds a delightful watch fob he suspects Mr. Grinch will enjoy and hawks his luxurious hair in exchange for it. He then makes his way to his office, eagerly awaiting his employer's arrival. Mr. Ebenezer Grinch arrives, punctual as always, and George gleefully wishes him a Merry Christmas. Mr. Grinch suspects his employee has gone mad until George reveals the present he bought him. Abruptly, Mr. Grinch's heart grows three sizes, and he is filled with Christmas cheer. He reluctantly reveals to George that he too had purchased a gift for him, a set of combs for his luxurious hair that he had hawked his watch for. Employer and employee share a laugh, and George invites him over for Christmas dinner. And so that night, everyone assembled at the Cratchit home for a Christmas feast. The guest of honour, Mr. Grinch, prepared to cut into the roast beast when Mary's magical silver bell began to ring, and filled with Christmas spirit, Everyone could hear its beautiful sound. Zuzu declared that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, and George smiled, knowing that somewhere, Jacob Marley had earned his. Mr. Grinch then gave out presents to all the children, including a red rider BB gun to an excited Ralphie, who then nearly shoots his eye out. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. The Amalgamated Christmas Story is by me, Scott C. Bourgeois. It's based on A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Zeus, The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry, A Chipmunk Christmas by Ross Begdazarian Jr., The Polar Express by Chris Von Alsberg, The Nutcracker and the Mouse King by E.T.A. Hoffman, A Christmas Story by Gene Shepard, and The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Dorenster.
0: I know, Scott, you have to work over Christmas. I do. You drew the short straw this year. It's true. Ooh.
3: So no Christmas Ugh.
0: 500. No, sadly. That's too bad. I'm sorry. I'm also sorry. But I, I did bring you a gift to, to make up for it.
1: Well, we we do traditionally do a gift exchange yes. on the show. Normally, we don't do it in front of other
0: guests. Well, we, we did it in front of Daryl last year. <laughs> uh, not last year. Didn't we? No, Daryl <laughs> was the year before, was he not? No, the year before was just us. Gazing right. into each other's eyes. That's right. So you guys arresting. just give I've each other track. a gift. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a tradition because we think our listeners like it when we give each other stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Anyway.
2: For those of you listening, if you want to paint a mental picture here, they're both sitting beside a roaring
1: fire. Big, huge cups of hot cocoa. It's, it's actually hands. the it's faux they, fire. Yeah. yeah. yeah, you yeah it they, they, it's you, a TV show. <laughs> yep. With a uh, bearskin skin rug.
0: Scott and I <laughs> both are wearing pants, but we won't be for long. It's hot
1: in here. It, the fake fire is yeah. actually generating a lot of it's heat. One of those really I think old the television TVs. might be yeah. fire. Actually. <laughs> oh my god! At one
2: point in the night, John and I will have to make the decision whether we want to join in or leave.
0: <laughs> you can't leave.
1: You also can't join in because you didn't bring presents. <laughs> yeah. Aw, but oh. we didn't let you know about this. That's
0: true. This was <laughs> an I, oversight. It
1: was an oversight.
0: Shall we do this really quickly? Sure. Okay.
1: I have a present for you as well. Yours is much larger than mine, it seems, which
0: he, is well. Troubling to me. It was designed to be deceptive. Okay, so there's actually probably
1: <laughs> a it's tiny magnet
0: of something in here. It's a nose ring. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. it's on so my nose. I'm gonna
1: open. <laughs>
0: it's it's I, nose rings called the Prince Albert, right? So I'm opening. Sorry, I'm opening the gift that's, that Scott has for me. It is a black box Ooh. that says Star Trek on it, and it also says stainless steel. <laughs> Oh my lord. It is a it is a Star Trek flask, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you could see it. It's lovely. That's fantastic. Where'd you find this? Uh around. On the internet? No. Really? No. No, not really? No, not on the internet. Okay. Well this is great.
1: Uh I found it while I was on my uh Honeymoon—that's in quotations. Well, we were away for a few days post wedding, right? In a store in Jasper. <laughs> in a store
0: in Jasper. Yeah, that's where you it. find
2: Star Trek paraphernalia. You're damn
1: right.
0: uh By the by, I don't have a flask.
1: And now you do. And now I do. We I uh, we were aware you did not oh, have a flask. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> the next few weeks of work are going to be pretty glorious. Thank you very much. He so. can put some rum in there and then spike his eggnog with it, or just drink the rum straight. Hey, that's how I roll. Because that's how he rolls. Delicious. I'm going to open this one now. Please It's do it. a long, golden...
0: something. <laughs> you have to be a little more descriptive. It is not a phallus. I know that most of you... It appears to be a uh,
1: box of Canada Dry uh, <laughs> club soda. So Adam got me exactly what I wanted for Christmas this year. He likes the bubbles, everybody. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to dig into I think this. it's a
4: premier wrapping job.
0: You know, <laughs> you, may, you may understand why uh, once you actually see what, uh, what I got him. Just, I, didn't, I felt like if I didn't place oh. it in the Canada Dry box, that it would be obvious what it was.
1: And uh, it wasn't obvious. But it is, in fact, a bottle of single malt scotch whiskey. Which I know you're quite fond of. I'm fond of single malt scotch whiskey. That is true
4: it's like you only got him the cylinder open it up, there's nothing <laughs> That's in <just> there empty
1: <laughs> actually i've i've had stuff like that happen to me before which is why i looked inside of the cylinder. <laughs> uh, cuz i my mother is very tricky at christmas time and she will uh rebox so uh it'll be like why do i have another xbox oh there's socks in there <laughs> there is um <coughs> there are boxes you can buy off of thinkgeek that are boxes for fake products that are awful products like slippers that sing show tunes when you walk like stuff like that and they're just boxes that you can buy they're to pretty put cheap. other gifts in to put other gifts in so well, uh, that you can disguise am i the, the
0: only is. one who just thought i want slippers that sing show tunes like loudly you can't Definitely. change the volume oh no <laughs> like the singing sword yeah it's awful i'm gonna march like into they are one of my finals forever. wearing one of those <laughs> 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 is everyone ready to write a test well, um,
4: they, uh, they have those on The Onion, too, as well. I don't know yeah, if you've seen Yeah, It's those, probably but, all the same company. Yeah, it's like uh, Build Your Own Umbrella,
1: something like that. Like that's, <laughs> it's <laughs> like the
0: lamest Build-A-Bear ever. It's, they're <laughs> terrible
1: products, and if you got it for Christmas, you would be very disappointed.
0: The nice thing about this particular gift exchange is that, in a way, they our, our gifts are related. Yeah. They are related. They could make sweet love to each other, and it, would, it wouldn't be weird. Except that inanimate object, objects don't typically don't typically... Make love to one another. That's all. <laughs> That's all I got. So have you tried this one before? It's ba- Never. Balmore Islay <coughs> Single malt, malt Scotch Whiskey. I've never tried this uh, particular scotch before. Good, because I, I know that you, I know you, I don't want to say you drink a lot. I just know that you like to, <laughs> I, I know that you like to try different kinds. It's true, I do.
1: I do not know how old this is, though. It does not say how old. Uh, I didn't check. It could be a year old. It could be 100 years old. We're going to find out. Not you really.
0: know, I,
4: I'm not going to I it. was basically turned off scotch when I was 12 years old. And my. Uh,
0: okay, wait a minute. What?
4: And my, my grandpa gave me a, uh, a finger of, uh, I think it was like double malt. Yes. And, and he was like, it'll put hair on your chest. And sure I, basically, I basically thought I was dying. And <laughs> rightly so. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> good friend, Devin R. Bruce, who uh, is at Dr. Teeth on... Uh, the Twitter. A friend of the Unknown Studios. And has uh, his own podcast, Scotch and Comics. Um, also a drinker of Scotch. Uh, told me the reason that he, he actually... Ge- scotch is really an acquired taste. Uh, like so many other things that are delicious. And uh, he said that he uh, taught himself to like Scotch because in his brain it was, it was a man's drink. It's what a grown-up man drinks Scotch and that's why he taught himself
0: to drink it. I kind of agree with that. So is it
1: definitely a grown-up drink?
0: You you when did you acquire the taste and and why did you decide that is it because it's a man's drink?
1: No, it was um I had never really had scotch before. So I was just like I'm going to I'm going to try out scotch and it was okay. And then it quickly became clear that scotch was like wine. There's like a million different types and it's all very different and so I was like, I'm going to drink as much scotch as possible now and learn <laughs> the different flavors. And uh, it's been a wonderful journey, a wonderful scotchy journey. Scotch, scotch journey, everyone.
0: Yep. That, that, is a, that, that could be another podcast. So I <laughs> think it would be quite compromising for you. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> a little bit. Scott's scotch journey. It's just going to end with you in the gutter.
2: I remember I was i was at the Gateway one day and I was musing about how I thought it would be fun to get into podcasting. And I would like to have a podcast. And Nick Frost, uh, former managing editor of the Gateway, was sitting there and he's like, you hey, know, what's your podcast going to be about? Are you going to have the, the Sam Brooks scotch and cigar hour? <laughs>
1: I think
0: that and I contemplated good. I think it for a work. while.
1: Devin legitimately talks about both scotch and comics on his uh, podcast, actually. So there is a market for that. Sorry, what is the name of the podcast Scotch and Comics. And (laughs) legitimately, it's him. He'll uh, choose a scotch that he is going to drink for that episode, and then he will pick comics... And the podcast will segue to him having read the comic, and then he'll comment on it. It's actually a really smart, intelligent discussion of, like, the art of the comic and the writing and, and what have you, and also the delicious scotch that he's drinking.
2: So is it an independent commentary on the scotch and the comic? Or is he doing, like, pairings? Like, you do wine pairings, beer pairings? Is he doing scotch and comic pairings? He, you know
4: you know should what? drink he, this scotch this Marvel this goes well with this single malt. <laughs> yes.
0: I think that he should. That's actually a if good idea. Not, it's a great
4: The idea. podcast sounds like a
0: lot of work. It, or <laughs> a lot of drunk. Does he get John, he drinks
1: and reads comics. That's not a lot of work. No, that's an afternoon for some people.
0: <laughs> that's an every afternoon for some people. <laughs> I wish. Don't you wish that was your job or some equivalent. Drinks, <laughs> watching, It would be comics. beer and zombies, which... I, you'd run out mean. of zombies a lot faster than you'd run out of beer. Yeah. <laughs> i just watch the same movies and read the same comics over and over again, though. (laughs) All right. We're getting to that time. It's Adam's favorite time of the show. The Fast Fast 15. 15, That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you guys listen to the show. You know how this works. Absolutely. But because there's two of you, there's the Fast 16. That's right.
4: Johnny, you look puzzled. Can you explain the fast food to me? So <laughs> all
0: it is is 16 rapid-fire questions. Okay. I will ask each of you in alternating sequence a question. Okay. And you will answer as quickly as possible. Okay. The last four questions are two wild cards each. So So the questions that I have made up right here <laughs> as we've been talking on the spot. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to go? Yes.
2: So, let's do this.
0: Scott, are you ready? I I was born ready. Listener? Are you ready? You are? Good. Okay, here we go. The Fast 16 with John and Sam of the segment Edmonton, colon, a city? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, question one. Here we go. John, your favorite food?
4: Uh, I'd say pizza.
0: Sam, your favorite color?
2: Probably red.
0: John, Mac, PC, or Linux?
2: PC. (laughs) <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh,
0: Sam, dogs or cats?
2: I've had them both. Um, l- the latest I got was a dog, <laughs> but I do love my cat. <laughs> I will go with dog temporarily. Okay.
0: Temporary dog. Yes. <laughs> John, coffee or tea? Tea. Sam, your favorite holiday?
2: Ooh. Uh, Thanksgiving.
0: John, your favorite sport? Hockey. Sam, favorite pastime? Music. John, favorite music at this particular moment?
4: As in band or genre?
0: Uh, you pick.
4: Um I will go with
0: Punk.
3: The band <laughs> so or the genre?
0: The genre. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, Sam your favorite movie at this particular moment.
2: I'm gonna go with Based on Your T shirt, Back to the Future. Outstanding. Which is one of my all time favorite it's movies. It's
0: a great film. Uh the first one. Favorite video game, John?
2: Ooh, um,
4: of all time, I would say Final Fantasy. Okay. The series. We'll, we'll talk. We're talking the series here.
0: Okay, that's fair. And Sam, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh. Uh, I would like to be able to
2: fly. I got to say, it's it's because I've always like the, the classic superpower <sighs> dilemma. In my mind, has always been invisibility or flying, and or at least that's the way I sum it up in my mind because that's the way I see superheroes in why, I would like
0: not, why not teleportation as opposed to flying hmm.
3: I, I,
2: I never just really the, thought of, I, I think it's the I don't know, there's a certain thrill to flying yes, agreed uh, not to mention the surveillance act aspect like flying isn't necessarily getting from point A to point B rapidly, it is the, so you you are, know, the, the, the act of being able to see things from up there
0: agreed, great answer now, See, I would
4: just be Wolverine.
0: That would be your superpower?
1: Uh, yeah. I think that's His superpower would be to be Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> clarification. To be a Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Just an
0: angry rodent. Yeah. Uh, now, this isn't usually a wild card question, but in light of the fact that Scott has given me this Star Trek flask, okay. I have to ask the question uh, of you, John. Star Wars or Star Trek?
4: Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> But the original trilogy, <coughs> not the prequels.
0: Everyone qualifies that, yeah. Yeah, no, do.
4: because I mean, you have to to maintain it's dignity. True.
0: That's fine. That's that's okay. okay. I do
2: right. remember being in grade five and being nuts about Star Wars Episode One, or grade five or grade four, whenever it was that I came out, and I was a stupid little kid.
4: You're
0: old. But, oh my god.
2: <laughs> see, I just
4: never, I just never got into Star Trek. Mm. Like, just never got into it.
0: I did in a big way. But That's I realized
2: afterwards that I was stupid back then.
4: and it's, it's a terrible
0: <laughs> we, all, we all make mistakes. Uh, Sam, your favorite Christmas drink. Is there such a thing?
2: My favorite Christmas drink. Oh, come on. Um, That's easy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with the standard rum and eggnog.
0: That's great. That is great. Now, what kind of rum?
2: What kind of rum? I don't really have a brand preference, but just a dark rum. Ooh. Typically I typically uh, a spiced rum if you I I have with a bottle eggnog. of Captain
1: Morgan spiced rum upstairs mm. that goes in my eggnog. It's fantastic <laughs> it goes eggnog in rum. My mouth. <laughs> it goes there too. It goes there as well. Uh,
0: John, your favorite Christmas movie?
4: Hmm. I'm going to say Muppet Christmas Carol. Ah. It's an excellent Christmas movie. A, it's a good choice. A classic. A Although so I would choice. say a uh, when I was a kid, I did quite love The Santa Claus. With the the Tim Allen one, oh, Tim yeah. Allen okay, okay, yeah.
0: See, I'm again too old for that. I'm familiar with the movie.
4: It was a good, it was a good Christmas movie. There's no real Christmas uh, classics anymore. It seems, you know.
0: Well, they're they're not. Doesn't seem like they're making new ones. No, no. I think the Is market's too small. Yeah. I mean, they tried with that movie. <laughs> I see. It's a good one. It was filmed in Edmonton. Oh. <laughs> oh,
4: Christmas in Wonderland. That was yeah. just on TV the other day. And such, you can I buy five dollars at for,
1: HMV. It
0: was so. <laughs> it was so funny because it was so bad.
4: A- and I, I was li- I was literally watching this aghast because I was like, "Is that Chris Catan in West Edmonton Mall?" Yeah. And it was. And also, um, Carmen Preston, Electra. Carmen Electra, and Preston from Jackass.
0: Yes, and uh, the late great <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Oh really? I believe so. Yeah, there was a Patrick lot of buzz. Swayze was about in that. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's anyway. that's unfortunate. Actually, <laughs> he he
4: deserved he deserves more.
0: He does. The man was in Ghost for fuck's sake. Also, and Roadhouse. That Scrooge will <laughs>
1: always remain my classic. I watched oh, I it. it uh, I watched too. it last night. I am uh, waiting until a little closer to Christmas before I do my annual observation of Scrooge, <laughs> the greatest Christmas Carol adaptation.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And now our, our last question. This is a tough one, Sam, because I, I'm gonna I'm asking you to think critically. What does, what does Christmas mean to you?
3: Ooh. Use
0: your beer anecdotal science. <laughs> Use your that's right, stroke it. That's how you're gonna get through this.
4: I like that using the anecdotal science. That's a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Welcome to Sam's Anecdotal Science Corner. <laughs> and patented be- beard
2: filter. There's wow. There's a lot of pressure on this question. What does Christmas mean to me? Like on the one hand, I can give the the super serious response. You know, it's about family. It's about the birth of Christ. It's about all that stuff.
0: You um, could say that. I mean, and it's, you did. <laughs>
2: what what I find is interesting is that over the years, as Christmas starts to sort of take on new, as Christmas sort of starts to take on new. Re- <laughs>
0: we're all we're all we're all staring at him creepily with bated breath waiting for him to answer
2: keep going as christmas sort of takes on new meaning as i get older the the things that are at the roots of it always stay the same if that's kind of what i mean like you know right now christmas is oh yay i get a month off of classes (laughs) and as soon as i get through finals i can just you know relax and and that kind of stuff but when you dig a little bit under the surface what i'm really excited about is having time for my friends having time for my family that kind of thing so i think that even though what i might try and masquerade christmas as, as being meaningful for the reality is that underneath it all it's still always about friends and family and that kind of stuff
0: that is the correct answer by the way
2: single i think there's a single tear coming out of my
4: eye no that was <laughs> great
0: i mean i think it i don't know, correct me if i'm wrong it's not we, we're all at the age now where we realize it's not about acquiring stuff no but it is <laughs> for me in a lot of ways i love giving stuff and I like seeing my friends and family excited about it. Yeah.
1: I don't know when that change happened for me. I honestly don't. When it stopped, <laughs> there's being just about one day where you wake up and you're no. like, Christmas is about merriment. <laughs> yeah, <It's> <laughs> <It's> Like giving. Because <laughs> like I remember when I was little, it was all about getting stuff and yay, toys. And I don't know when that shift happened, but now it's, for me, it's more about seeing people happy when I give them stuff and hanging out with my friends and family. Like, it's, I, I still like getting stuff. Who doesn't? But it's no longer like, the top priority anymore it's yeah. way down the list so i, I think it, it might
4: happen when you actually like are able to afford to buy things for others like when, not when, when you're 12 and you have to like scrape money together to like buy something small for your mom yeah, yeah. and or, like, no, or, no. or you're, you're like in your that
1: dad buys you something buys you something to give to your mom yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so i was exactly. gonna say is, yeah. is is you're you're giving your parents gifts to
4: yeah they're giving each other <laughs> gifts through you yeah and now you can also get your grandparents back by giving them socks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Grandma.
1: <laughs> Booyah! Hey, I look forward to getting socks
0: here. So I. I get, when I it's get the replacement, restocked right? on right, socks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. It well, used to be, oh, socks. Now I'm like, yes! Now I don't have to go buy some. <laughs> so here is to a Merry Christmas for John, Sam, Scott, and me. Thanks for coming, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure, and we look forward to many more segments in the new, in year. The new year.
1: You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 60. Our guests, John Kamech and Sam Brooks. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a very happy new year.
3: And to all of you,
0: enjoy time with your friends and family this holiday season. Because if you don't, I'll find you and I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) That's all.